so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Dans le paquet, il n'est pas si bien en jeu face à Joël Bach et ça va être le but de Bruce Wallet But de Wallet 1-0 pour l'Olympique de Marseille Hello everyone and welcome back to the Marseille View. It's been a couple of weeks. Um, the last time we, we recorded was after a fantastic win against Angers. I was at the game. We were all buzzing, all optimistic. Things have changed since then, unfortunately. Um, yeah, we've, <laughs> we have a lot to cover tonight. Um, a bit of a different format as there are, there have been four games since the last time we, we, we recorded. So we, we're going to sort of skim over them and, and try and pull out some of the main themes from all of those games. So I'm Ben, I'm your host. Again, deputising for Stefan, um, hopefully getting better and better at this. And I can thankfully count on my deputies. So we have Lewis joining us. How are you, mate? I'm all right. Well, it could be better, but yeah, all good. <laughs> yeah, uh, this 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 podcast is in danger of uh, re-becoming the, the group therapy session that it, that it was last year and, and, and two years before that, where... Yeah, we, we we just have a good old rant and uh, and 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 make make theories about how catastrophic things are. But we'll see. And Julian is also join, joining us. How are you, mate? Ah, uh, hi, hi everyone. Uh, yeah, pretty good. Uh, left France, and now I'm back in the in the darkness of the Finnish winter. So, but I guess it's it's good otherwise. <laughs> could be worse. You could be in Ukraine. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting, actually. I was, uh, we, we don't we don't cover politics, but I was reading about the, the theory of the Finland Finlandization of, of Ukraine as, as a possibility that's been proposed diplomatically, and I, I started reading up about it, and it was pretty fucked up stuff. And yeah, um, I don't know how. Yeah, I can imagine that the Finnish don't have a very fond memory of those times, but no, me. no, no, they don't, they don't, they don't. Yeah, we would have a uh, we we could cover a whole. Um... <laughs> Marseille podcast on that, but I think we'll be a bit off subject. Well, we, we've got enough <laughs> politics in, in the fucking Velodrome, to be honest. Yeah, so. we have. We have, <laughs> yeah, we have Which we covered in our last episodes when uh, when Alex and I tried to, to cover some of the the, 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 the the sort of atmosphere in the Virage and, and some of the little, yeah, 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 yeah. little issues there are. But um, tonight, so let's get r- right into it. I'm going to recap the results and we'll, we'll then go on to some of the debates topics we'll find out we'll see how we feel um so since we last broadcast we'd won 5-2 against Angers the next game was uh, against uh, bitter rivals Nice who we're also battling with for top top three top two because top three you know let's let's not get too excited but we we have a decent cushion um the objective now is is, is surely to try and finish above Nice so we were playing Nice away in the French Cup quarter-final. One of our t- one of our two remaining chances of silverware this season. We got battered 4-1 after going one nil up. Um, it's just it was yeah nothing went right that night, whether it was the lineup or the game. 
After that disappointing result, we went away to Metz, who uh, gave us a lot of issues when, even though they were down to 10 men when they came to the Villadorm back in November, we managed to snatch a 2-1 win with a, a, a Milik Wonder goal towards the end, a nice little overhead kick. Um, we then played the first leg of our conference league game. So we, we, we got not finished third in the Europa League. So we ended up playing, well, we're in the playoffs effectively because we have to win this to stay in the competition. Um, but we're playing FC Karabag uh, from Azerbaijan. So they came to the Velodrome. Um, they gave us a, a tough time. Um, Sampoli did rotate quite a bit, but they gave us a hard time. But we, we came away with a, a 3-1 win. Thankfully, Payet scored the third goal in the end. Even though there are no no away goals rule, goal rules anymore, it's it's two one would not have been as good as three one, and we conclude with the uh, unsurprisingly, I guess it's just shocking is not the word because this happened so so often at the Velodrome in the last few years. We were playing uh, Clermont at at home at the Velodrome on Sunday night. Um, the lineup. Looks like it made sense. It didn't look like anybody was playing out of position on, on you know, certainly on the um, when when you see the team sheet before the game and then the game starts and it's just it was just shocking. Um, th- there was nothing positive I think about the game. So it's, I guess I, I've I've given a bit of a, of my feelings on the game. Um, if if you guys could just summarise your feelings about these four games, um, I guess let's start with you, Julian. What 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 are your conclusions from the last four games from the last four games wow okay so that's not gonna be super easy but um uh, i guess like my my global feeling at the moment or my 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 gut feeling is i kind of went from um from quietly optimistic to rather worried at the moment and um and like i guess like mostly Every supporter of OM at the moment, like, uh, I have a lot of questions that I would like to ask to to our manager, to Sampaoli, and uh, way too many questions and not many answers. And, um, and I'm, yeah, I'm slightly, even though, like, like uh, apart from the, from the elimination from, uh, against Nice, which was like, you know, it's the end of it, and it's a pity because there was a there was a real possibility to to win the cup uh, that that year. Apart from that, like all in all, we are not you know we are not like lost. Every objective can still be attained, but there is like something in the air which I that I don't like. Lots of things I don't like about the attitudes of the players, about about Sao Paulo, about the communication, about how fans we react. It doesn't smell good, so I hope I'll be wrong. And you know, football is a weird, uh, is a weird game. Everything can turn over in a in a few games. You know, you get two, you get two lucky wins, and 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 everything is is good again, and and you can have a new dynamic. So you never know. But you know, I'm I don't really like what I what I'm seeing. I don't really like uh, you know in and off the pitch. I would say. So I, I I didn't really sum up the game, but I I'm also sum up like my global feelings at the moment. The games, okay. you know. They, they, they were quite different still like but globally we didn't uh, um one constant is like uh, four games some positive results but if you look at all the games well, we were two, bad two wins and two losses right so yeah, yeah but we were bad in all of these games <laughs> well that so we were before, <coughs> before we, we get were, to do this, we but, were either like yeah. utter 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 crap like against nice 
uh, or we were, you know, we were like okay-ish against Mess. That's the best. But you know, out, out of these four games, it feels to me like the best or best performance might possibly be Mess, and it was absolutely not a good performance. And against Karabag, we win three-one, but it's a very lucky win. Like we were globally outplayed yeah, by a, by a team <clears throat> by a team who maybe has a, like a tenth of our budget. So you know, there is questions. I, I guess before we, before we go to, to Lewis, I guess to, to, just to, to get get your final words on on the games as, as just an overview. What was the, what was your highlight and what was your worst moment out of all those four games? So one one of each. I highlight or well the the Milic uh, the Milic uh, goal like the the sort of bicycle, bicycle kick game. like yeah. yeah yeah that that was definitely a highlight. Ah, uh, the worst. I don't know. Uh, there was there was too much worse. I guess the game against Nice was absolutely terrible. But but um, but uh, yeah, the worst was maybe almost all the rest. To be, you know, like you know, I'll go more in detail. But you know, to yeah, well, we'll, we'll cover it when we do the, the yeah. sort of yeah, yeah. Lewis, over to you. What, what, what did you think of the four games overview, and then best and worst highlight of each of, of the of, not not of each, but of the series of games? Yeah, I, I just think, funnily enough, despite the tactics being completely different to Villas Boas's teams, I'm getting a similar feeling where everything feels like it's kind of hanging on a on a string on a, a thin kind of line and everything is hinging on us you know winning games and it felt like that certainly after miss uh especially with what Milik said um and it felt like only victory could keep us from crumbling now i'm not saying that we're crumbling um but certainly uh we we are our true faces revealed when we start losing these games and i agree with both of you i, th- I don't think we've played a good game and the last four games um, haven't been good. I would almost disagree with Julien and say that actually the Nice game potentially was, I mean, it was definitely the worst feeling. Uh, as you guys know, we, we I think we took a vote a couple of weeks ago on what we would rather win, uh, Coupe de France or Conference League. And I, I was, I think, Indeed. the only one who said uh, <laughs> Coupe de France. So I was <laughs> gutted. I was absolutely gutted because I really thought, I really felt like we had a chance. Um, but in terms of the game itself, uh, we have to remember, I mean, these, their goals were exceptional or exceptionally lucky, whichever you choose. Um, and I thought we were bad, of course, but I, I genuinely thought we were worse in the next three, um, obviously considering the opponent, right? So yeah, Carabag, yeah, I think you're right. Carabag outplaying us is so embarrassing. Now, granted, a couple of years ago, I'm sure you guys remember us being outplayed and beaten by Apollon Limassol, the third best team in Cyprus. You know, I so, actually had flashbacks of that. Yeah. So, and three years ago, you know, we lost that game. So I guess there's some improvement, if we can call it that. But I, I was, I was embarrassed by the Carabag game, to say the least. Um, and the Clermont game, we talked about it briefly before the before we started recording. The Clermont game felt almost predictable. I mean, you you said it really well, Ben. I mean, some people were shocked and surprised. I mean, can we really be after they played as you again said before the call? I'm stealing all your analysis here, but they they did they did what 
Angers were supposed to do in, in, in the game at the velodrome that uh, you were lucky enough to, to be at. Um, Angers got a bit overzealous and a bit a bit excited about the prospect of thumping us at home and and kind of attacked a bit too much. Clermont showed every other team exactly what to do against us at home, which other teams have done uh, this season. Uh, which was, I mean, you know, Brest, Brest did it beautifully in the middle of the season. I mean, beautifully, it was horrible. Um, but uh, you know, it's a parking, staying compact. I was about to say parking the bus. They didn't exactly park the bus as well. They pressed pretty highly, but staying compact, playing simply. I mean, Joan Gastien was 34 years old and, and bald, nothing against my 34 year old bald friends, but he he looked like Busquets out there. It was incredible. I mean, he, and it was just one touch, keep it flowing, and everything, all of our pressing, everything was just broken down. Anyway, I don't want to get too, you know, into this particular game, but it felt like they knew exactly what they came to do, and they did exactly that. And we were relying on again something I think we've said, and I've I've definitely said it a few times over the podcast. So a lot of the time, I think I feel like our players end up in positions that they're not used to. And now you might say, OK, but we're in February. Surely they could be used to them by now. But a lot of them are, are just unnatural. You know, Ganduzi's having to, uh, even though I love him and I can't knock him now for one bad game, but he's having to create much, much more than what sh- should be expected of, of him. If you know what I mean? I, I just yeah, I, 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 on, um, on, on Gaston, yeah. just to add, I think it's. You know, it's, yes, he had a good game, but but it's it's one of those where, and it happens so often at the middle of the room in the last ten fucking years, man. Like, right, but we have to ask ourselves why. You well, know, well, why does that keep happening? Yeah, everybody's pissing on Sampoli, but but how many coaches before him? Not as. <laughs> Even Villas Boas had a had a you know a bit of an, a better record at the Velodrome, but it was still average. And you, and it's been five different managers apart from Bielsa. Nobody was capable of of making the Velodrome uh, you know guaranteed three points, where we had a, a game plan that was just way too much to handle for the opposition. Whether they sat deep or whether we we pressed them superbly high or we or we put intensity into the game. It's just happened for the last five, ten years, that, that, and the last five managers that we just can't yeah. get teams down at it home. It certainly is not just San Paoli. Certainly, for it's it's a case of he played all right, but we we we, and I say we, I mean the players were so poor. The Marseille midfield was so poor that we made him look way better than he is. And agreed. No, agreed. And we can only blame ourselves for that. Agreed. But they, he, I mean, he showed, I think one of the reasons I say he played well is that I think every manager would be crazy from now on to not, you know, take a clip of Gaston's highlights and go yeah. and tell his number six or number eight, you do exactly that and they'll be, they'll be lost. And I, and I can't honestly say that, um, that we'd be able to figure that kind of, uh, uh, tactic out. I mean, it certainly doesn't look like it. It certainly looks like we're still going to rely on Ganduzi to create you know, shots and, and goals still going to rely on Jerson to kind of get forward and get the odd goal. I, yeah. It just feels like we're, um, uh, it's a bit too late again, stealing one more time from what Ben said before the, <laughs> before the recording, but it feels like we're way too late in the season to be having early season problems. Um, yes. not knowing your best 11, uh, players not really knowing where they should be, what they should do. 
uh, yeah, it, I, that's that's what the pessimism comes from there. Obviously, it's a luxury to be able to be as pessimistic as we are sitting at second place now. Grant sitting, you know, on the edge of our seat, but sitting still at second place um, with a, with a few games coming up that I think we really could win the Trois and Brest. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, it's not everything hasn't fallen apart, but things are certainly showing it. I think Payet playing on the, the left. Cracks, the cracks are appearing. End. Yeah, cracks are appearing. And to, to end, I guess I'd just say that my top and my worst uh, top, I think I agree with Julien. The, the bikey bicycle kick Milik it was incredible um I think the flop definitely apart from everything as you said uh has been I mean Payette as a whole um I'm not necessarily tired of him as a as a person as a player uh, what he said after the game which I'm sure we'll touch on very soon uh, about you know our heads deflating our egos deflating um I'm not necessarily against that kind of talk after a game, after such a frustrating loss. It's more that it, it feels like uh, everything. It's it, it, yeah, everything that he was doing really well at the beginning of the season, he's now not doing well, and it it just everything falls apart. So I would say Payet is the flop, not just Payet as a player, but also his importance creatively in our team. Is yeah, yeah. I, I guess you, you, you're making the perfect segue in, into the next topic. So we, we've done an overview of the games, but the recurring, I've, I've tried to pick out a few recurring themes and this segues into the next topic, which is tactics. When, when I say tactics, um, I mean, whether that's lineup, whether that's the system, whether that's, um, whether that's uh, sort of experimentations that we're still fucking seeing in February. Um so that, that's that's the next topic, and and I'll, I'll sort of start off by 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 giving a bit of context. So we we all know that there's been dodgy lineups. We've we've you know I've, I've, I was personally gobsmacked when I saw um, not only Dieng and Gay starting against Mess when they literally just flown back from Senegal after winning the the, the Afcon, um, but you know Gay starting fucking left bank, you know, and it's just like. Yeah, these kinds of things. So uh, after the Angers game, we had the chat with Alex and we were sort of debating. And I, I sort of said, look, we, we seem to have found something that works for, for Merik at home and and, and just the team offensively as a whole, where Bakambu plays next to him. Bakambu starts making these deep runs, opens up space for Merik to have more time on the ball, facing the goal, take shots, um, you know, play a bit of a, of a, of a target man role and, and distribute the play, which he did very well against Angers. Granted, Angers were a bit shit that night, but you know, we, we, my conclusion to Alex was four four two at home. Keep 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 using something that clearly works, but away from home, why would you why would you tinker? And, and this is the title of the, the podcast for this reason. Why would you why would you change something that isn't broken away from home? You know, we, we arguably had probably our best performance of the season away to Lens a few weeks ago. It's, it's, it's crazy to think that was only like three or four weeks ago. Um, and, and since then, we've we've never played the same system since that game. And it's like, you know, the, the three at the back or the five at the back, whatever you want to call it. But it was working away from home. We were solid. We were winning games. We went to, to win in Bordeaux, which we hadn't done for 46 bloody years. We had a system where we were choking opposition teams from the ball in their own t- on their own stadiums, um, and and finding the, the winners somehow, but also not conceding at all. 
Um, I get that you had to change something at home because it clearly wasn't working. That's that's clear. We knew that um, before before the the Clermont game, we we dropped already 16 points in Ligue 1 at home, which is it's unacceptable. It's a miracle that, that our away record is so good and that we're still in in the top three. But that just says how average and how competitive the rest of the league has been because teams like Rennes and Lyon and Monaco really struggling. But I'm just and, and not only that, did he has he not repeated that system from loss away from home? But it's but we've seen completely new fucking systems in the last four games, um, and and completely like mind-boggling lineups with Saliba right back for some reason, Luan Perez left back against Nice, so he's played, he's basically started four centre backs against Nice in a four-four-two. Um, we then go to to uh, you know Carabag, and it's like. It, it just made no sense. Again, Pat Gay had had was probably my man of the match on on Thursday, but you know he's he played in his natural position, and we were against allegedly weaker opposition. Granted, but again, we, we're just seeing. It, it just seems like he's experimenting at the worst possible time when we've got we've got arguably our most important run of games. We've already fucked up against Nice, so we're out of the cup, so we can't win that trophy. We only have the, the Conference League left, and, and we, we didn't look as convincing as we did in the group stages of Europa League against big, better opposition. And I'm, I'm sort of, and you can feel this, as you said, uh, Lewis, that the players are probably feeling, I can see the cracks appearing, the frustration maybe, but um, it brings me back to the question, and it's over to you guys now. Do you understand the, all, of the, all of the constant changing when he didn't change, I mean, we're all complaining that he didn't change for ages, but we were still getting results. But now he's, is he changing too much? It's, I don't know, Julien, over to you. What, what do you think is going yeah, on? Yeah, so um, to, to answer very briefly your question, no. I <laughs> like I don't understand and I'm not sure. Uh, the problem is, and that's why I'm worried, uh, is like I have this feeling that Sampaoli doesn't really know uh, either in the sense and I'm a bit afraid that I think sometimes he's a, a sort of feeling that he's like trying to play some try to to play some mind tricks over our, our opponents because basically we don't really have and that's something we've said in the past many times before because basically like we had a game plan which was possession uh, slow possession, the the most important. When we have wrong moments, we keep the ball, we don't lose the ball, so we give few opportunities to our uh, to our opponents. Why not? Uh, that that can be very useful. And then like we build OS from the back, etc., etc. We don't lose the ball, and then we eventually create something. The problem is like in the eventually create something. We create shit. We, we uh, or consider the opponents we play. We don't create enough at all, and that was a problem. Like already 10 12 games ago but i was i was back then looking at it in a optimistic way like it will it you know it will come uh let let, let these players play give us time it will you know the the piece will the piece of the puzzle will will fit but it it problem is like it doesn't and if if anything is getting worse so about all this tinkering and, and etc um, this feeling I have, and I hope I'm wrong, but this feeling I have is a bit like Sampaoli is a bit. Sampaoli is a bit like, okay, actually, I have absolutely no idea really how to make you guys attack. Uh, 
So, you know, do something. And in the meantime, I will make the most absurd and I will make the weirdest uh, composition and like line up and, and, and try things to kind of like bluff and to kind of like lost our opponents. But I think in the end is the, the, the people who are really lost or, or our own players. And, yeah, you know, there's also thing, some sort of ego, ego playing because he's been, he's been uh, you know, there has been critics about that, even maybe from inside the team. So is yeah. he like playing this sort of ego, you know, game like, okay, oh yeah, you don't understand my tactics, you don't want my choice. There you go. Then I will give you even more weirdness, you know? Some, is there some sort of weird, <laughs> bad things like that between him, him and the media, him and the supporters, eventually him and the players even? Hmm. I don't know, but I don't, as I said, I don't like what I'm seeing. It's just really odd. And, and just before we, we hand over to you, Lewis, I guess one one thing that this does remind, well, I'm sure all of us of, is, you know, the, the 2018 World Cup and all of the stories that he, he was literally asking Lionel Messi, like, oh, who should I bring on as a sub and what should I do? And it's like, it, it just, it just, it, it feels like that. And I, at the time, that's another point, like, like, yeah. What is the problem he has with making changes? Like it was for yeah. a few games and people were seeing it. And at first I was like, come on, guys, like, you know, he cannot be that bad. Like he cannot. And then lately I've been focusing results. on it. Yeah. It's yeah. incredible. Against Mess, uh, against Mess, he makes like one change before like the 85th minutes. And it was not the first time. We are we are losing. We don't create anything. And he brings Bamba, he, he brings Bamba Diang. Good idea. Then he Bakambu, Bakambu sits on the you know, it's it's still Bakambu. He's he's a he, you know he's a he's a very decent player. He could bring something and things like that. And you go like, what is he waiting for? And the guy looks paralyzed. The the guy the guy looks like yeah, the guy looks paralyzed. I don't know what you think, Lewis. He, but, he uh, reminds me. That's that reminds me of Garcia, and it's it's, it's one of the yeah, yeah. And I've actually got an interesting he's parallel on on more, that. More more puzzled, more like yeah. clueless. I certainly the, say that. Uh, sorry, Ben, you had something to. I was just, I was just going to conclude on on the Messi story, the, the 2018 World Cup. Thing. I remember thinking at the time, fuck me, that must be greatly exaggerated. No way is that true. But now I'm seeing what's going on <laughs> at Marseille. I'm sort of thinking, Jesus, maybe, maybe that that wasn't entirely exaggerated, and maybe, maybe he is weird. Yeah, except he doesn't have a messy to turn to when it when when you know shit hits the fan. Um, I'd certainly say that he's uh, shown evidence of of contradicting uh, opinions on on how the team should play. Um, certainly, a lot of indecision uh, uh, on his part. I would say it's it's funny because sometimes uh, I remember fearing this a bit at the beginning of the season when we were playing some quite decent football with with Payet as a false nine. Um, this is when Milik was injured, right? And I think we can all agree that that was probably when we were playing our best football. The last game that you touched on earlier, Payet was also playing as a false nine. Um, and I think it was with, you know, Luis Enrique on the left, who certainly... I can't remember specifically his performance, but certainly didn't play amazingly. I think it was maybe his best performance, but not great. And I remember fearing, you know, when Millet came back, uh, how Sampali was going to adapt. And I think all my fears have, have come true in the sense that it isn't. I, I think none of us here on this on this podcast could agree on one specific tactic that is kind of clear and obvious and and more more so, I'd, I'd say 
from a attacking perspective, I think none of us could agree. I think we could agree on defensive tactics. I think we could get together and, and come to a common consensus. But attacking wise, you know, using Payet and Milik, where do we use them? Clearly Payet doesn't work on the left. Uh, clearly Milik on his own is showing its limitations. And then at the same time, comes on against Miss and scores a wonder goal. And you think, oh, why was he not on the pitch earlier? Um, so I think, yeah, I think it's it's a, it's an interesting one. I think the I remember a couple of years ago, people saying that the the number 10, the role of the number 10 in, in football was was slowly disappearing. Um, and certainly, the, you know, the likes of, of players like Mesut Ozil and 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 Payet as a pure number 10. Those I think those days are, are slowly coming to an end, if not, you know, already dead. Um, it's been ages though i mean it's been the ages last, the right last yeah of, the last of that breed were, um, i can remember were probably pablo aymar uh Rikelme, you know and this this was like 10 12 years ago but... right i'd say i'd say there are more recent examples of that yeah. i'd say there are definitely some, some more recent so, examples yeah, sure. but but uh i think the the answer to obviously the end of the number 10 has been you know pressing and and i think that some Paulis understood that and he's thought okay well i don't i don't have you know the most ball playing uh, players on, on my team i have i've payet and and maybe booba kamara um but apart from that in terms of chance creation we're going to have to go and get it we're going to have to go and press until a goal will you know open up to us and i think that really has its limitations when you have players who are not as versatile as I think he wants them to be. I use Ganduzi as an example, who's outperformed and exceeded all my expectations. Uh, uh, Jerson is an obvious example. I think there are just too many players who are being asked to do things that they're fundamentally not that good at doing. Um, and I'm not, again, this is where I think the, the line is a bit tricky with Sampali, is obviously Sampali is responsible for putting them in those positions. But at the same time, with the with our current squad, you know, what are, where is Payet supposed to play? I'll ask you guys this question. Where is Payet supposed to play? Because if you say false nine, I can't disagree with you because that's when our best games have occurred. In which case, do we not play Milik? Now, if you say left wing, I'll 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 strongly disagree. Um, no, he, he can't. He can't. He, can't he's he's never been able to play that. So do we play no, four two did. three one with a with a with a ten? Yeah, and, I, I, and I, I, I see pure ten. Uh, well, I think I, well, ten and uh, and uh, and of course false nine uh, if he's on the pitch and Milik is not. Well, I, course, I, I would argue that even if it doesn't work, that is probably the only thing that we haven't tried. <clears throat> or oh, I say we that somebody hasn't tried. And if he tried it for two or three games and it fails, then well, at least at least it would shut us up because we could all say, well, you know, he did it and it, it, did, it still didn't work. But I think that is the only position he's not tried it in. Um, we've yeah. we, we've seen there have been. There have been times this season where I felt like we've we've looked like a four-two-three-one, but Jerson's actually played in that role, or or he's played as the number ten behind Payet when Payet's been the false nine, and that's like a way to um, uh, a way to Nantes, notably when Jerson scored the, the winner, which was a really nice goal. But that that was that was the only time when I felt like we we had two people in the middle, and then back on Boudreau, and then we played the four-four-two against Angers. But <clears throat> I guess if if I read a really interesting thread. I think Alex shared it the other day. Um, I, I, I think it was in the WhatsApp group, not on, on not on the Twitter group. But they, they analyse and they include San Paulo in this, and it's interesting. So they they take Arteta at, at Arsenal, they take Guardiola, they take Xavi at, at, at Barcelona, and they take they include San Paulo in it because 
they're looking at all this this breed of managers that that um that you know that, that sort of idolize the control game and and, and the, the triangle play and, and the slow build up right. and, and patient control and they highlight it and and when you compare all these teams and they they only touch briefly on on Sampoli's Marseille but but they do explain them they say look at look at Barcelona look at look at Arsenal um you know they 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 understood that they, notably at Barcelona for years they were played by too many forward players like Griezmann Messi that that demand ball to feet and they're at their best when they're given the ball and they can sort of go back into the center from the right on the left foot and, and face the play and pick a pass or take a shot um and Xavi he, since he's come in look at look at what he's done at the the, the winter the winter Mercato he's brought in Aubameyang who scored a hat-trick last weekend but he's got players who can who can take take you know who can push forwards um, take the profondeur, as we say in French. So you know, make those deep runs and open up space for for talented players like Pedri, um, uh, like De Jong to, to 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 play the role they're supposed to play. And I think if you compare even 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 Arsenal to an extent, you know, Thomas Partey and and Emil Smith Rowe, who's had a good season, or you look at you know Guardiola, who shines in the Guardiola team, and it's it's the Bernardo Silvas and the De Bruyne's and um, and the Gundogans, and why is that? It's because they have the, the forward players like Sterling and a Barcelona, Aubameyang now, um, and, and at Arsenal, they have Martinelli, who's constantly making those deep runs and pulling defenders out of position. So that 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 opens the space for these talented players. And I think at Marseille... I would, we, yeah, I would say, sorry to interrupt here. I'd say it's more than talent, though. I think there's versatility, where uh, versatility that fundamentally the four teams that you've mentioned... The, the Marseille is different from those teams, probably yeah. most similar to Arsenal. Um, Marseille is most different to those teams because fundamentally the, the players in the midfield are... They don't have the profiles of the... Diaz right, the they don't. Entrance, I mean, yeah. the Gundogan, I mean, Gundogan and, and Bernardo Silva are great examples. I think Gundogan even more so, uh, and De Bruyne, obviously, and Pedri for Barca are examples of players who can really do it all. Frankie de Jong as well who scored uh, uh, this weekend. We can't say that we have that in our midfield, in which case our front three, um, which certainly we don't have the depth of of a City or a Barcelona uh, and even an Arsenal after, uh, despite the club being quite depleted at the moment, we d- certainly don't have the depth up front to make up for that lack of creativity uh, uh, in the midfield that we, that we have, I would say. Yeah, exactly. And and even though we do have players pushing forward, like Macron Buka make the runs, Under makes the runs. Um, on on Sunday, I do recall like at least twice, maybe three times, when the first half under gives it to Gendouzi or to Payet. Straight away, he makes a run in, and and offside or not offside, he makes the run he's supposed to make, which is straight vertical towards the goal. And and him and Milik more than once, you see them turn back after we've lost the ball or fucked it up and played it too too safe to the back, and they all they're all like shouting for like fuck, play me in, mate, you know, put pick the pass. Um, and and I think you've you've hit it on the head, Lewis. We we don't necessarily have the players apart from Payet to pick those passes. So we, I think we're doing some of the right things, but we we're just too unbalanced as a as, as a midfield and as a as, as a talent wise in terms of the profile of our midfielders. Look, don't get me wrong; it's still a huge fucking improvement of on on the years of having Morgan Sanson and. Um, 
and, and Rogier playing as next to each oh, other yes. and, and doing absolutely literally not even not even getting more than two assists and two goals a season. You know, Justin's already on five goals and six assists. I think Gendouzi's on four goals and seven or eight assists. But it's 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 a work in progress, I'd like to think, but the problem is we can't afford to be a work in progress at the end of February. I think that I think that for uh, you know to manage the top three in Ligue 1 and to try to win or at least challenge the Conference League, we don't need the the talent and not even and we don't even need the depth that you know that there is in uh, in uh, Arsenal or in City or or etc. Like Agreed, yeah. I think we have you know I I don't think the you know we, we might you know like like I might repeat a bit what you guys say I'll try not to but. Um, um, There, there certainly is limitations in in our squad. Um, something that I've noticed and where I'm a bit eventually start to be a bit um, a bit worried is also like, and I think that's largely due to the to the fact that that most of our uh, recruits are young and that globally we are a very young team. Um, of of course there is like a, a Payet, but you know most of uh, m- most of the The guys who are in key roles are either young, still young, like a, a Rongier, or then very young, like you know most of them, most of the others. And if you really look at it, um, when we've been like, I would say, pres- pressured like mentally, uh, I can think about European or European League uh, contest. Uh, we missed a lot of opportunities, and under pressure, it was not good. Against Nice lately in the Coupe de France, meltdown. Against Lyon in the second half, a meltdown, like mental meltdown also. At at home in difficult conditions, like, you know, Clermont, who scores early, and then, you know, it can't get, if we don't score, it can't get difficult. A form of meltdown, etc. At home in general, you can you can also think that for, for, for young players in the end, the Velodrome is an impressive place. You know, it's not a neutral place. Uh, it's not the same to play in uh, Velodrome, even though you you're, you can be motivated. You know, it's a harsh crowd, and it can it, it can be a crowd that can be really like a 12 man, but it can also be a crowd that, when things are not uh, not wrong, there is a special atmosphere in Velodrome. That's another. And you know, and in Karabag, we were okay. In Karabag, the the B team, it was a B team, but we were kind of outplayed. But all of that, what I start to see, and I'm a bit worried if if that might That's what might happen towards the last game of the uh, to win, you know, to to be to to get the podium if we if it's a harsh battle. Is that do we also have the mental capacities, or are these or or are these young players, um, you know, too inexperienced and too, you know, and Payet. The problem is like Payet. I think Payet is a is a great leader when I'm sure Payet is a great leader when things are going well. But when things are not going well, I'm not sure is the, you know, the guy never won a title, he's 44. There is a reason for that. Julien, you've, you've, uh, you've opened the door to the next topic. Okay, <laughs> okay, well. I just... No, no, but it's brilliant, it's brilliant because we've, 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 we've done, I think we've, we've said, we've done the tactical thing to death anyway, but. And I said the next topic. It's more of a question, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer. I'm gonna agree with exactly what you just said. So the next question I was going to ask you guys is, what do you think the number one problem is? And I'm 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 not. So don't don't read this the wrong way. But I'm I'm not advocating that Alvaro Gonzalez and Mondada should be back in the starting eleven, right? But 
effectively, when you describe what you're describing, a lack of leaders, um, those guys were leaders, and, and you know they're, they're sort of whether whether it's leading by combativity or lead, well, Mondada, yes, more or less, but he was he was more by example and, and the calming presence and you know the, la force tranquille as, as, as we called him, jokingly. But um, when when you're describing the midfield, for me, that is one of the number one problems. Is we've got young players, even Rongier, as as. He looked average on Sunday, but he played number six, which he's not capable of doing on his own anyway. Uh, I'm still baffled as to why Kamara was rested in that game and not on Thursday. But anyway, yeah, yeah, um, but but yeah, we're missing we're missing a Sana, we're missing a Gustavo in the midfield, we're missing a sort of general, someone who's gonna who's gonna put in the tackle, who's gonna grab the other two players in the midfield next to him and go right. Let's fucking we're, we're struggling here. Let's make sure we win the duels. Let's make sure we win the headers. Let's make sure that we're we're on the second balls after after someone else goes in for a header, and we retain the ball and we are the influence and we dictate the play. Um, and that that has been missing since Gustavo left. I honestly think that has been missing in the midfield of Marseille, a leader in terms of the you know the sort of fighting spirit and stuff. We 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 say it's it, it may seem stupid to say this, but I do think when I look at the struggles we have this season. Um, yes, yeah, scoring has been one of them, but we still we have players capable of scoring when we're in the right situation. And it, yes, we've been dependent on Payet earlier in the season, but Unders come on good. Minnick's now scoring quite a few goals and stuff. So we have players who are capable. They have the talent. They can finish. <clears throat> but but I agree with you, Julian. We're, we're lacking we're lacking someone who, when it's not going well, can you know? Gendouzi's done it quite a few times against Angers. He he was the man who did it, but. At his age, he should he should be learning from someone. He should he should be doing it, but he should have someone else next to him who's more experienced, like Asana, who's going to say, "Guys, what the fuck are we doing? We're capable of better. Close the space, track your man, track the runners. Let's get the ball back as quickly as we can and pick the right pass and just play more direct." Someone needs to take that leadership, and for me, that is the number one problem. Beyond the, beyond the tactical stuff and, and the conflicts that may have may exist between the players and the coach, whatever is, we are missing that experienced player in midfield who's capable of um, of just taking control of the game and the squads. I think uh, Genduzi, yeah, I think I think Genduzi thinks he's doing that, except instead of that, he's just whining whenever he doesn't get the ball. But, but because, yeah. as you said, Lewis, though, because he's been he's been expected to do too much at the same time, he he can only do. Little, agreed. Little no, no, no. Agreed. I'm saying more in terms of the role in yes. in, in the dressing room. I think he's, uh, he, I, I think he willingly tried to take that role on. Except this is where experienced and and pedigree uh, play a role. Yeah, exactly. Is that when exactly. when he's when Ganduzi, who frankly, even though I love the kid, who's achieved nothing in football yet, uh, when he's the one piping up and and getting angry at teammates and you know. Uh, if I'm if I'm this my, if I'm his teammate, yeah, I'm sorry. I look at him and I go, okay, all right, well, we we get it. Um, which shouldn't be the reaction because I think fundamentally he's not wrong about you know getting annoyed when we're playing like shit. Even though he was one of the main uh, uh, factors in that uh, against Clermont, I think he's the wrong person to take that role on. I think Bouba Camara, if he wasn't you know a couple months away from leaving the club, I think he would have been a great. Uh, a great piece. I think he's really playing better than I expected him to play. Uh, usually players at the end of their contracts just don't really give a shit anymore. He's shown that he's a true professional, but I 
can't say that he's shown that he's willing to go that extra mile um, to really, really make us better in the midfield. And, well, and because and he's not invested in the project because of his contractual context. But right. Exactly. He could have been. He could have been. Yeah. He could have been. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's where we get a bit to the to to all the limits. Like like we we can go to the players one by one and think, oh yeah, this one could take the could be to could take the leadership now. But well, you know, there is always a but or an, or an if. Like Gendouzi, yeah, he's still too much of a he's still too much of a brat. <laughs> to you know, <laughs> to be fair, uh, you know, I I is is. I, and, I love the fighting and spirit. Uh, no, and uh, he's a uh, bit uh, too inconsistent uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, and you can't blame him. He's young. That, that that's a that's a common trait of of basically every young player, except a few uh, very rare exceptions like Mbappe and guys like and a few guys like that. But we're talking about a few guys over a generation who are almost always consistent, even though they're so young. But a young player under 20, 22, 23, and and even younger. They're going to have, you know, they're going to be inconsistent because everything is new. Because uh, 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 what happens off the pitch uh, have a bigger influence on 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 them because they lack like the experience, uh, the pressure, etc. Everything, of course. I mean, it's it's you know physically, etc. It's it's absolutely understandable. But the reality is that we uh, um, most of our very important players are um, are in that uh, situation. And uh, yes, it it it. I hope I hope that it won't be a crucial problem, but I'm not sure. You know, if your question uh, Ben was originally, what is the main problem, like the main problem? Um, yeah, I, I'm not in, sure. In your opinion, what is the main mm, problem? I, I, yeah, I, I cannot seven. say that. I cannot say that that's the main problem because it's you know, I don't know. I'm, uh, but it could be one, and then I guess on, only at, at the end of the season we can you know like uh, we can find out uh, if we collapse. Uh, you know, if we totally collapse for the top three and we end up with three losses and we, you know, three meltdowns, well, we, you know, we'll have the answer. The answer was, yeah, yeah, well, yes. But it's interesting talking about a collapse, right? Because we've used that word a lot because obviously right now we're so high uh, in terms of the standings, in terms of, uh, you know, where we are in the league. But actually in terms of a collapse, uh, a, a team, from a team perspective, from a, a, a creativity perspective, I think I think we've we're there's not even a level I can't really say this in a, in the way I want to but to collapse you need to be at the top right or you need to be building something and it definitely doesn't feel like we're building anything when it comes to creativity and and uh, uh, creating a style of play that can become our own and we've touched on this throughout the podcast about changing tactics and teams and lineups every week and that certainly doesn't help but I think I think the ideal would be to look at Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea team right now, where he's instilled this kind of set tactic that rarely, rarely changes. But the players change all the time. They they come in and out, and sometimes they even change where they are on the pitch. But fundamentally, the goals are all the same, and the players are well drilled. You know, guys like Aspilicueta can play right center back, like. Uh, Saliba does but they can also play right wing back which obviously Saliba can't all that to say I think that would be uh, an ideal for us and I just can't see that happening I can't see this kind of drilling of a certain style of play uh, occurring in which case a a collapse isn't even possible because we've barely even built anything 
So, so let, let's let's move on from the topic. So, if I'm if I'm resuming everybody correctly, for me, it's the answer is it's a lack of leadership. But I also agree with Vudoist that it's that it's down to a lack of consistency from not only the players but but the system that we just don't have a set of system where everybody's had chance to get used to it. Um, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what I'm hearing from you is is the number one problem is that. No, it's, no, it's exactly that. And it, it, and it, and it, it yeah. fits with it's, it's exactly that, and it fits with with the fact that our players might also be a, you know, a bit too young and ex, inexperienced. You know, yeah. so I think it's a bit of both of the things. We're yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. We're missing a Sana, and and you guys saying we and add to that, we just change too much too often, and the players just can't adapt, and and it's too difficult to to expect them. They've already had to adapt so much to to a tactic that was already strange when it was working. Now that it's not working and that we're changing it again, it's, yeah, they must be scratching their heads. But interesting things. Um, I guess that, that, that there's only a couple more things to cover, and, and these these are more of the the sort of you know um, drunk at the bar discussions and debates, which are one of the things that, that stands out recently. And it's interesting because we've already mentioned him quite a bit tonight, but. Payet did say after the game on Sunday, and he looked he looked quite quite annoyed and quite frustrated. You know, he cut quite a quite a forlorn figure in his post match um, live con- live press conference straight off the pitch. But he said, "Oh well, some people need to to wake up and smell the coffee and stop being arrogant. We need to we need to get back to work." Um, now, I'll open to you before I give my two cents, but but that quite that pissed me off quite a bit. Um, I thought that was a bit of a cop out. But what what did you guys what do you guys make of Payet in the last four games? Um, do you, do you want to go, Lewis, or do you want me to go? Go for it. Go for it. Okay. Go yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really think that much about it. Um, to me, this this sort of uh, I don't know. I think it. I, I think it might be a bit too easy. Like it's to me, it sounded. Uh, how, how could I be precise? I think yes, he was pissed cop off. Out, cop out is the word, man. Cop out. It's an excuse. Uh, okay, sorry, I don't know the word in English, but yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, cop I'll, out is the word. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I, I think he, he, yeah, he. I think he was pissed off. Uh, but um. It sounds, you know, it's a bit like the same joke we have in French, you know, when things are good and, and or, or or when it's a bit hard and, and people say, le groupe vit bien, you know, like, they, uh, we are a good bunch of lads and we're having fun together and we, 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 we're working well. And it's sort of like cliche sentence you can say in every situation. And when, when you play bad and et cetera, then you can say, oh, yeah, we have to, we have too much ego and na, 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 na. So, I don't know what's going on, uh, you know, in the dressing room. They, I'm sure they have their fair of, uh, of of problems and tensions. There has to be, uh, especially like lately, because you know, because they start. They um, I also feel that that journalists have been asking more questions. And lately, you know, we, we didn't even mention what Alvaro said, but you know, Alvaro opened up in the press uh, in Spain, and that's you know, that's that that that's something big because Alvaro has also also been the guy who. Who's been like, yeah, you know, OM, I love you, OM forever, OM, I wanna, you know, like I'm one of us, and na na Okay, why? Sure, why not? Then, okay, the guy might be pissed off at at uh, São Paulo and um, and eventually Longoria, but well, yeah, thank you for opening up uh, for op- opening up in uh, was it in Marca or I don't remember. Like, yeah, you know, th- thanks for nothing, man. That that's gonna help us. And 
that that started uh, that opened like you know a bit of a Pandora box, and you know then we started to hear more and more things. But so what what Payet said, I don't know. I think I'm not sure it's really an ego problem. Like like uh, against uh, I I cannot say uh, it was a bad game, you know, like the the last one. But I ca I cannot say that I've seen players that were like arrogant and not respecting the game. Or so. I saw players that were lost and that were like like. Uh, uh, not knowing what to do and lack of creativity and 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 doped and in doped and etc. I didn't see you know I've seen way worse under not so long time ago uh, 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 against uh, against Garcia like at some point towards the end of Garcia there was really a moment where you could see okay they don't give a damn anymore you know like okay he's lost them and it was so clear you know for everybody and yeah, it's not what I'm it's not what I'm seeing yet I don't see that. Agreed. As, so, as so, Ben you know, said, it's a cop out. can say that. Yeah, why not? But, but I don't know if he's trying to to want to to. I don't know. I, I, you, you know. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's that uh, in the end that important uh, that revealing uh, uh, a declaration. It, it's it's sure. definitely a media trained uh, declaration. Uh, it, it's the it's the type of thing that some supporters wanted to hear, and certainly the reaction on Twitter seemed to be. You know, oh, Bayet being, you know, lucid, being, you know, very matter of fact about the yeah, way yeah. the game went. When actually, no, he's not being lucid at all. He's just saying what, as fans, we think we want to hear after a performance like that, where we think it's about ego. But as you said, I, I don't, I really don't think it's a, an ego thing. I think maybe he was directing that comment towards Milik, maybe after what transpired, but I really can't. See maybe how that's, as well, maybe some Pauli, maybe I mean, yeah, maybe a bit of everything, but maybe himself, yeah, maybe himself, maybe he can do I'd certainly say this is different to the Marseille era where uh Payette and Devon were arch nemeses and it and it wasn't yeah. even a secret at that point, and yeah. that certainly it's at times. Uh, was difficult for us as a team, um, even though they had moments, great moments together. I think throughout their tenure together, uh, it, that certainly was difficult. And that's maybe one of the few instances where you can say, yeah, okay, it's about ego and it's about deflating our egos. Um, in this case, again, we don't know what the dressing room's really like. I certainly don't think that's the main issue. I think it's a, definitely a cop-out. Right, it's time. It's time for me to rant. Look, I'm I'm gonna. I've I've said it before the start of this season. I was fucking furious with Payet last season. Um, you know, we we worked so hard, and he worked so hard the first season under AVB to get us back to the Champions League. He turns up to fucking pre-season after doing his massive for life, signing his deal lowering his salary, blah, 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 blah. He turns up fucking overweight, not interested, missing penalties in Champions League. It's, it was, it, I, I was done with him at that time. Then, as, as usual, a new manager comes in and he has a revival um, and seemingly tactically Sampardi wasn't as fucking confusing last season, this time last season, as he is this season. But anyway, um, I, I'm just fed up. Whether it's Payet or anybody else, I've I've just fed up of hearing this these 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 cop out expressions at OM, which is uh va dégonfler les têtes, you know, we're gonna we're gonna deflate the, the egos, or on va se dire les choses, you know, we're gonna have we're gonna have words in the dressing room. It's like fuck off. You're a fucking professional squad. You're 34 years old, Payet. You were shit last season. 
You started off well this season. We we know you well enough to not expect you to be 100% for the full season. That's fine. But in that case, you know, I think it, I think it's a number of things for Payet. He's he's seen for the first time since he's been back at OM in his second stint, he's seen a proper renewal of the squads, new personalities, new players, new profiles of players. So it must really infuriate him to look at someone like Jerson, who he probably thinks is a joker and is is, is not serious and not professional, yet he's a Brazilian international. Genduzzi's been selected in the France squad, which has probably given him a bit of an ego boost as well. For better or for worse, it probably, you know, it's like suddenly Payet's lost all of his Dossa mates like Amavi and Sah and, and, you know, people who are like, oh, yeah, Dimitri, you're the king, blah, blah. And it's, I'm just like, mate, you've got the fucking armbands. I don't mind that you're poor at the minute because we know you well enough to know you have these these little these little periods when you have a good season or when you have a bad season. There's always a period you're really bad. But the fact is, like, we, we I'm just fed up. I, I wished, honestly wished last summer, my my the signing I would have liked instead of Liora because we had the cash apparently for Liora, but not for Almada would have been Almada because. It was finally time to, you know, if we've moved on from Tavai, for me, it was time to move on from Payet as well. Hey, Amin Hari, Amin Hari was the, was the replacement. He's shit. He's another <laughs> dickhead. He's another idiot as well. Look at his, look at his profile. You look at him speak, you know, I don't want to disrespect the guy, but he's, he's clearly not, he's not. That's too late, mate. <laughs> no, but it's just like. No, no, I'm, just kidding. Just kidding. I, I know. I know, but I'm just, I'm just fed up. It's like. I'd rather he say nothing and he, he focuses on getting back to a decent, respectable fucking level than, than he comes out and, and adds fuel to the fire like this. And maybe maybe we're making too much out of it, probably, because we know that the OM, everything is amplified times 100 whenever there's a little declaration or whatever. But there was no need for it. It was just, it should have been just like, right, we, we were poor tonight. I'm struggling at the minute. I'm going to work double... You know, I'm going to put in triple fucking training sessions to improve my performance. And as the captain, I expect everybody to work as hard as I'm going to work for the next three weeks. That was it. That's that that that's what a true captain would have said. Would have been like, right, I've been particularly shit at the minute, so I'll take some of the blame. But you know what? I'm going to make sure everybody in this squad works triple hard. And and if we lose, we lose, but at least we, we, we won't play like tonight where we didn't run and we didn't close people down. And I'm, just, I'm fed up of, of, of him as a captain and a person. And I'm a bit, I'm a bit fed up of him just being inconsistent. And we, we, we knew this was likely one of his last seasons at this level when he was performing well. Um, I'm just, yeah, sorry for the mini run, but I'm just, I'm just done with the guy. I'm just like, no, it's fine. Just about Payet, uh, when we talk about the performance, um, there might be a revival in the spring. He, he, or even during his best season, there is always a, a yeah, moment. Yeah, when he's burned off his Christmas. You know, winter yeah. is not his thing. You know, the guy is from La Réunion. He's clearly, <laughs> you know, he's. I know he's not the kind of guy who's going to come to retire in Finland. You know, after he's <laughs> after he's going to retire. You know, like he doesn't like the winter, and usually. You know, I hope, and I'm pretty confident. I, I you know, I don't want to like fat shame anyone, also, but but uh, <laughs> myself being, uh, you know, not being on the on the feet uh, side. But um, but uh, hasn't he put on a beat again? 
It's, but he always does. Oh, that's everything. the classic. He's not that as is the classic, though. That's, well, that's the perception thing. That's just he's not as fit. He's not as fit as he was in August, huh? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you're not. I don't know. It's, just, it's, 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 it's a perception thing. It's a perception thing. And the Might main be. thing is, though, beyond him being fit or not, he's he's also, as we've discussed, being played on the left, which he wasn't being played on the left in the beginning of the season when he was doing well. So there's a number of factors, but I just I, I just like I'm I'm I just feel like. What he said on Sunday night was the same shit he was saying in 2017, you know? So mm, yeah, yeah. it's just like, mate, by this point, you've had the armband for long enough now. And you know you know that what you're saying is going to resonate with a part of, of your fan base and, and the UM fan base, sadly. But uh, us, us three know this club well enough and know Payet well enough to think, fuck me, mate, you've, you've just you've just made things worse. I feel like he's made things worse for that. In his thing. defense, if I could just, you know, because oh, I'll be, I'm an eternal, please. I'm an eternal Payet lover, no matter his performances. I think he's, you know, the one of the best things that's happened to us, despite the fact that he hasn't won anything with us. In his defense, uh, I can't remember which athlete did a, a skit a couple of years ago on Jimmy Fallon about, the concept of being interviewed after a game immediately after a game. And I think it was, it was Blake, Blake Griffin, a basketball player. And he yeah, gave an example of what that was yeah. like. And he was just doing a bunch of jumping jacks running in place. And then, or he told uh, Jimmy Fallon to do so. And then asked him quick fire, a bunch of questions. And we realized, you know, how, how difficult that actually was. Now, obviously he's trained by, as you said, Ben, he's 34 years old. He, and he's been a captain for a minute now. He should be well-trained in the art of the, the post-match interview. But I will, I will still say I've, 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 despite being pretty shit at football myself, I do remember quite a few times where the, the post-match, the immediate post-match feeling is, mm. is clouded by, how how the game actually went now obviously he should have been more mature and he should have said you know picked his words a bit a bit better but i, I those post-match interviews are always silly they're expecting the, the player to give some sort of super insightful tactical response or something inflammatory that's going to make the headlines and in that case we got we got the latter um <laughs> so in 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 Payet's defense I mean, he's only human uh, and I certainly don't think he's gotten fatter. I definitely think it's a perception thing. In, 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 any, case, in any case, in any case, to conclude on Payet, as much as he annoys me, if he goes on, a, if he regains his form, I'm going to be the first one to to, to be praising him and and to be amazed by by how good he can be. So the conclusion is, I, I want him to shut up, focus on getting himself back to a good level, um, and and we we all know that. Us, us, our salutes, you know, our, our end of season success chances partly rest on his shoulders as an individual player and playmaker. And I, I just want him to get back to the form and then he can criticise the others. Um, but I guess let, we're on to the last topic, guys, before we, <clears throat> we wrap this up. And I feel, I feel like we've covered enough about the, the San Paoli topic and the conflict with players. And I was, we were going to do a bit about Minnick, but it's we're almost there but i guess um yeah but i guess that the, the last thing i want to ask is let's let's take the last five minutes and reflect on what are we thinking is going to happen now that the cracks have appeared clearly what what are our, what 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 do you guys think are going to happen and i'm i'm going to set the scene here and say i'm sort of i'm seeing parallels with the gasser season where 
we went to the Europa League final, right? And we, we weren't that flamboyant in the league, but we were still winning games. And, and granted to Lyon at the time, who we were competing with for top three, they, they were on a pretty good rhythm as well themselves. Um, I'm, I'm thinking that the longer we stay in Europe, the, lo- the, the longer this team will, will continue buying in and continue, um, you know, whether the tactics right or wrong, at least we will see levels of mental investment and physical investment and the run, you know, the running happening and stuff. The longer we're in Europe and there is an objective and a possibility to win some silverware, the less likely it is that the group explodes. Now, I'm very worried that whether it's whether it's this in in, in two days' time away in in Baku to Karabag or whether it's the next round where um, I, I've just seen the draw actually are likely opponents so Roma, Feyenoord, you know they're, they're pretty pretty decent teams. Alkmaar. Yeah, that we could no, but that we could draw. Bede, there's better glimpse, I think. No, but I think the ones that we're we're legible to draw are, are quite difficult, and I'm just thinking mm-hmm. the longer we stay in the competition, the longer the team's going to stay on track. But I'm very worried that if, for whatever reason, we crash out of Europe, all of these cracks we've seen are just going to multiply and, and explode, and, and we're going to see the true face of some of some of the the people and the coach. That's that's my prediction. Is it's so essential that we continue the European run for the sake of our top three chances. What do you guys think? Go ahead, uh, Lewis. Your turn. What do you think? Uh, I, I would agree, um, even though obviously it's, it's slightly counterintuitive because you would think that the less games we have, the, you know, the more in shape we are for, for our league games. If we're out of the European Cup, then then we'd be, you know, more ready for our league games. But I would agree that with that's not necessarily how things work at Marseille. And I think it's more of a, a dynamic, a group dynamic is actually more valuable than than physical rest you know, I think that momentum is certainly a thing at, at Marseille, um, and and certainly a thing that we we love to to break up the momentum as soon as Marseille fans get excited. We we love to do that. Um, I'd say I I'm pessimistic about the uh, the Conference League. Um, and funnily enough, it's it was because of something I, I saw the other day from Christophe Jallet, the you know uh, bald legend. Um, I, I'm I'm being sarcastic, obviously, but he said something about uh, what it was like uh, playing those smaller teams. No, sorry, now I'm remembering. It was Mikael Landreau. Sorry, not Christophe Jallet. Those they're all kind of similar to me. That uh, oh yeah, we are quite low on the IQ level. Yeah, exactly. Low <laughs> IQ. Well, Christophe Jallet is definitely smarter than Landreau. Anyway, sorry. Um, uh, Landreau <laughs> was saying he was asked. You know, you've played against the big teams in the Champions League, and you've played in against lesser teams in European cups. How how does it feel as a player? And obviously he responded, you know, we're all professionals. People often talk about players being professional on the pitch. And it's not about that because fundamentally everybody on that pitch is professional. He says there's an innate thing that we can't quite qualify that happens, that occurs in games like, like those um, where the opposition just fundamentally isn't exciting. The crowds aren't there. I mean, look at the uh, Velodrome. It was, it was 25 thousand people which looks like nothing um in our stadium and fundamentally there's just something inexplicable that happens in those games where we just play there's we, we just it's not the 110 percent that that we usually show and i think that definitely certainly happened against carabag um despite as you said we, we we had a bunch of players that 
usually uh, don't play as much. We, we quite a lot of rotation happened, but uh, I would say that I'm not confident uh, in general, un- unless we play, unless we get Roma next round, maybe that'll kind of reinvigorate our, our, our passion. Maybe if we get, I don't know who else we can get really, but um, if we end up against PSV or Leicester or, or Celtic okay, or something. I, I definitely do not want Roma because you just know fucking Mourinho is going to... Oh, it's gonna, no, it'll be horrible. Yeah, no, I definitely don't the best want parking. He but, invented parking the best perfection. Exactly. No, he'll, he'll, he'll kill us probably. But I, I certainly think that there's something about this competition that I think our players are, are not ready for and and that's those you know i mean this was a game bear in mind this was a game of the vidalum we're going to baku on thursday you know baku is fucking far away it's you know the stadium's a bit dead we're gonna you know and a lot of these opponents i mean we're gonna be i I just think there's too much um in this competition that could go wrong for us now this might just be me being pessimistic and or or realistic, uh, whatever you choose to call it. But uh, I'm quite pessimistic as to how the season's going to uh, play out. I I'm expecting us to finish fourth and get Europa League. That's my that's my prediction. Oh, Lewis, you disappoint me, man. I was hoping sorry. on you to, to be the optimistic one. Man. I know. I'm <laughs> sorry. I just it maybe it's just the post Clermont effect, and maybe in three <laughs> weeks I'll be saying you know we're going to win the league, but. Yeah, right. As uh, right now, I'm I'm seeing more of a, a number four fourth place team than a than a second place team. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, with what we're seeing on the pitch lately, I, I you know I I have to agree. I have to agree with Lewis. Um, I hope we'll just. Uh, I hope we'll just manage, you know, to 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 hang in on there. It's just. Um, it could be also like, uh, you know, one thing I did uh, a bit before the podcast, I just went, uh, you know, I, I, I just had a, a glance at the, um, at our past games and on and on next games. And, you know, if we, let's say like, let's say the game against Karabagh is crucial uh, for, you know, for momentum and for everything, we have to go through. I, I don't mind even if we lose there 2-1, you know, or anything. We're, we, I want us to go through. To continue that dynamic, and then if we can get a win at Troyes, uh, because it's away, and you know we somehow know to beat this team away. Apparently, uh, if we get, you know, if we get through against Carabag and we get a win at Troyes, then okay, then we have Monaco, then we go to Brest, and then we play home against Nice. Um, these next three games after these two, which I hope you know will go that way, the next three three games are mega important. Because Monaco and Nice at home. Uh, if we if we if we are terrible against uh, against Monaco and Nice at home, I think it will be start to to say okay guys let's pack our shit, and uh, you know like uh, we are not gonna make it to the Europa League. You know you never know to the um, to the Champions League. But you know I think this this will be pretty decisive pretty pretty decisive games, and they are in the next they are the last five games, so. Of course, even if we manage, nothing will be done. But but they are dangerous. They they, they are dangerous games. If we get a revenge against Nice, hey, you know, then everything might be different. So, you know, yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm 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 quite bad at, at predictions and things like that. Uh, so, <laughs> so you know, it, it it's still um the, the I I I think 
the thing is, I, you know, I would like to be a little, a little mouse in the, in the dressing room and in the, on the, on the, on the training pitch and etc. And, and in the buildings of the, of the club to know really is the situation as bad as it could look, or if in the end we're just, you know, going through a bit of, you know, a storm, stormy weather, and you know, we'll go through, and uh, it's not that bad. It, ha- it's happening in every club, in every dressing rooms, etc. Um, you know. So we'll see. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not very clear, but yes, I've, I've I've just realised how contradictory my opinion could be because I'm I'm thinking about it from a point of view of staying in Europe to keep everybody motivated because depending on the opposition, some Luis Enriquez and some Arids may get game time and stuff. But the way he fucking chops and changes the team, they might get that in the go anyway. So yeah, it's it's just very difficult to analyse. But I do think that. For, for some of the younger players, the, the possibility of silverware and uh, the, the, the further we go on, the fuller the Vélodrome is going to be in these games in, in Europe in midweek. It's, it's it, you know, it's the, 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 the sense, the perfume of the European Cup in Marseille is, is unique. It's a bit like Anfield. It's very true. It's very true. So it, it could galvanise some of the younger players to be like, you know what, we could actually win a European Cup for Marseille. You know, who knows? Maybe PSG will be eliminated again by then, and and we can do a Jamais les Premiers again and whatever. But... I understand your point, Ben. No, no. I, I, at first, I was not convinced, but I think you convinced me about it because, <laughs> because I, no, no, but it's true. I, I exactly remember this atmosphere like four years ago for different reasons. I had one of the worst year of my life. I'm drawing, like, I'm drawing parallels. Yeah, I'm drawing and, parallels. And uh, our 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 um, our run in the in the European League was really what you know got me you know above the 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 buoyancy line you know what i mean and and you know i i really remember how we built up and uh jean michel and all that oh my he was, he was legendary he was so nice so yeah you know something i i, I can imagine that if if uh, if something like that would start to happen okay no it's covid etc things would be a bit different but you know not that different yeah that could just be enough to even if the game is still shit just be enough to help us pass the finish line uh, on the, you know, on the, for example, on the second or on the third spot. It's true, true, true. You, you, you convinced me. Well, we'll see. Um, again, it's there's it a long way to go. It's unpredictable. But in any case, that that concludes the evening. Really, we've we've covered a lot. Um, probably a bit more analytical than than usual because we didn't focus on a single game. We've tried to focus on a, an ensemble of games and on trends and topics but guys as always a pleasure thanks for joining and thanks to everybody who listens we hope that you enjoy it and don't hesitate to get in touch and and send feedback and subscribe thanks everybody thank you everybody bye bye bye